Take a moment to say hi to your neighbor. Hi, neighbor. Good to see you. Father, we thank you. Jesus, we give you all the praise. Hi. Amen. Hi, everyone. Good to see our faces. Amen. It's like, Archbishop, I'm not seeing your face. So it's okay. It's just the We'll figure out if I'm seeing your face now. Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, welcome everyone this morning. I don't even know what to say or where to start. I just want to say you're welcome. Uh, good to see each and every one of us. And uh, good to see you, Benji and uh, Cynthia. Yes, I know your name. It's just that it, I, I, I know your name for sure. Yeah. Cynthia. So I was. I, from, I want to say the name is here, but it's not coming out. I don't know. So I had to. I had to wait a bit. I don't know why my brain does that too. I think God is not the only me that that happens to. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. So you're welcome. We do know Debbie, Kelvin, and my lovely wife. Amen. You're all welcome. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, time has gone, so I don't, I don't have, uh, I think, so it's 12.30. Okay, so. Huh? Oh, in a way, yes. This is our, this is our winter room. And then, uh, <laughs> Amen. Uh, so we used to be in that room, and then we moved down here. Amen. Praise the Lord. So this is our winter room, and then summer we return back, back there. So it's like in 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 winter when it's cold we cook here, because that's the kitchen. So we are in the kitchen where we are cooking. <laughs> Amen. And then in the summer, we, we enjoy the, the other room there. Amen. This is a smaller room, but it still feels fun. Every, every time we come, it feels home. It's like, oh, okay, we miss this place. And then in summer, we'll miss it again. We'll go back to the, the other room. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we thank you. And um, I wasn't too sure if I'm going to stand or sit. I wasn't seeing any in my soul, so I just decided to sit down. Amen. And then, of course, if I need to stand, I'll stand. I don't know if I should stand. I don't know if I should stand. Mm. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Mm. You are welcome. You are welcome. So today is officially our last meeting this year. And because uh, we'll be going for School of the Spirit in January and then preparations. And then, of course, there's Christmas preparation and everything. Of course, we don't meet on Christmas, right? Uh-huh. So it's the Christmas season. So once prayer meeting ends, that's pretty much the, the final meeting for the year. We get ourselves prepared. But that doesn't mean that uh, we, are, we, we stop being active in the spirit. Right, we are still praying because so we pray and then we we'll go for school of the spirit, and of course school of the spirit is the beginning of a new year because it's uh, it's January, in the first week of January we have school of the spirit, and uh, uh, I, I just feel perhaps this uh, I know I know the last meeting will be on Wednesday. This uh, this coming Wednesday will be the last. It's life feast, but of course it's still towards prayer. Prayer meeting. Uh, I just feel perhaps we have to we have to pray. So uh, it's kind of impromptu, but I think maybe on Thursday we just pray. Uh, there won't be any teaching; just more of prayer. Uh, we'll be at our place from seven. I think seven should be a good time, and then we we'll just pray for. Let me not give time, but pray from seven. But normally we pray for about an hour or two, but I won't, I won't give a specific time so that then maybe if you, if you extend beyond. But normally we don't extend beyond two hours of prayer. But again, I'm not giving a specific time. But we we'll start at seven and pray towards the meeting. Uh, prayer is very important uh, because without prayer, nothing can happen. To be honest, and when I say nothing can happen, it's not for God. God doesn't need anything to happen for Him, right? Is more for us, right? Uh, prayer is a means of drawing resources from heaven. Prayer is a means to to everything that God, everything that God desires to give man, is free, right? It's free, and it comes freely from Him. However, there are many adversaries. Uh, apart, you know, there are there are other aspects of so there are things given freely, but because it's free, doesn't mean that it is readily available. That's one aspect of when it comes to things with God. Uh, for example, now, for example, now to be born again, right? To be born again is a free gift, but it's not it's not readily available. I mean, it's readily available, but not readily available. If you get what I'm trying to say. Because it's not, it's not like everybody will just wake up every day and say, you know what, I want to be born again. Right? You realize that even, even at that, even at that, there's some kind of uh, intentional decision that have to go into play. Right? Even though there may be many spiritual activities happening around such, so, uh, around believers, there must be an intentional activity of a choice which the soul must make. Sometimes prayer is like that. Prayer is like a choice. When I say choice, means like you can choose to pray or not pray, right? And of course, when choosing to pray, there is a prayer focus, right? You know, prayer is not just, we have prayed today, that's it. No, 
prayer, prayer, this intention is prayer. You know, when we pray early in the morning, oh, Father Lord, thank you for waking me up. We give you, okay, that's some kind of prayer, right? I wouldn't say it's not prayer, sure, but when you say, when you talk about, when, it's, when, when you're talking about praying, because prayer is diverse. That's one thing about prayer. Prayer is big, huge. Prayer is not simple. That's the thing about prayer. Prayer is not simple. Prayer is huge, big, diverse. If we treat prayer simply, we won't really get as much out of prayer as we should, right? Because we can imagine, imagine if prayer is like the whole world and you have access to just, let's say, what's the smallest country in this world? Smallest. There's, there's okay. There's, there's this. The, the, the tiny is in. Is in. I forgot the name. The, the smallest country in the world is um, ah, is in Europe. Is in Europe. The, is is funny enough. The con, the the country is actually a. It's not even an island. It's like it's not. It's like a bridge is why not a bridge. You know when you have where the where the where the uh, like a rig where you get on. When you have a rig in the ocean, you have like a. There's just in the middle. Uh, so someone converted it into a country. Right? So they, they have a passport, they have a visa, funny enough. They have like a population of 20 thereabout. But it may not be officially recognized as a, as a country. Because I don't think UK, it's not far from UK. UK is not recognized as a country. Right? So I'm, I'm not sure if all the world, but according, according to them, they have a visa and they have they, for you to go, they need a visa and they, they, they set themselves up as a country, but the summary is that the country, that country is not bigger than how do I put it? If it's bigger than this, this building, it's not, it's, not, it's not as big as this building. Right? It's not as big as this building, but we can use this building as an example. Let's say you have the whole world, and this building is the only, it's the only country that you have access to. But you know that there are many, many, many other aspects right, in the world, big, that we've not seen. right, As big as that. But there's so, there's, there's so much we can have access. If, if we treat prayer simply, right, I guess part of it is that we don't know, we may not exactly know what prayer is about, right? Because again, that's another thing, right? Prayer, prayer is, prayer is the way which believers live. Prayer, prayer is like how you go about your everyday. You know, when you wake up, you are concerned about, oh, maybe if I have to go to school, I have to take care of school things. I have to go to work. I have to take care of work things, right? Just awoken to it naturally, responsibility arises. Okay, this you're not even thinking too much about it. I have to go here. <laughs> That's how prayer is exactly. If you want to picture, what does prayer look like? That's it. When you now look at it, you realize that there's many things about your life, right, that you do in a day. Sometimes it's even some things are even spontaneous. That as you you, you didn't think about it as you are going, you just oh, okay, then you move into it. You now realize that even the way your day may go, it's sometimes not even predictable. Maybe you predict I wake up and go to work and come back. Things can happen, yeah. right? And then change of course. Different things have to happen. 
That's exactly how prayer is as diverse as that. It's dynamic. It's, it's huge. Some, the, the only way to actually get to know what prayer is, is to pray. That's the only way to, to know. To, to, to get all out of prayer, pray. And then it begins to open. And because of the tendency to treat prayer simply, because it's not simple, God had to give some kind of means. I don't know why I'm talking about prayer. Some kind of means to access prayer fully. That's part of the reason for the baptism of the spirit, right? To be able to pray in the spirit, right? Uh, part of, again, part of praying in the spirit is praying in tongues, but praying in tongues alone is not praying in the spirit, right? Uh, as Kenneth again, you know, taught us, right? It's, prayer is, but most importantly, to get the most out of prayer, you need the baptism, Right? To access, but it's not. Well, that baptism is not just about prayer because that's what it's for. It just plays an important role when it comes to prayer. But that baptism is a lot, much, 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 much more than that. It's because to get all of God, there are some things you may never have access to. So, for example, you won't have access to knowledge of God without that baptism. You may have many things, access to many things around the things of God, which is okay, right? But when you, if you want the fullness of what God has to offer, you need to move into the world of knowledge of God. When I say knowledge, it's not I study, I know. It's the Lord revealing secret things. You know, I know there are some kinds of school of thought around that. How am I talking about this? There's some school of this is not what I want to. This is not what I want to talk about. I'll be honest. I, I, I feel like I should quickly say this and go to what I want to talk about. I don't know why I'm talking about this. But anyways, prayer is is very key, very key to a success. I guess part of the reason why we don't see how important prayer is, or maybe, you know, we just treat it literally because we don't know what Christianity is all about. We don't know. You know, Christianity just seems like child's play, you know, just, you know, sometimes we don't even take it serious, right, in the sense that, uh, okay, as long as I pray to God, I read my Bible, that's it. Christianity is a lot, much more than, a lot, much more than that. Christianity is not, is not about a religion or a religious activity. It's not, it's not a sense to just make us feel good, right? Right. Christianity is not a badge to be like, I'm a Christian. You are not. It's not a badge, right? It's not. What else? What else do we do in Christianity? What kind of things we do? Uh, it's not a. It's not a sect. No. Again, we want to talk about different separations. Especially when you look at the body as a whole, you have different different denominations, different different. Uh, uh, the denominations, I'll put it, because that's that. So, and funny thing about every denomination has some kind of peculiarity to them, right? Which they have concerning the ordinance and the things of God. But initially, it's not. It's not really, Christianity is not about if if as a Christian. Now, I mean, I mean, there's that denomination, but. As a true child of God, that should not that there should be an understanding of the all the big picture, right? You no, know, many people will be fighting each other. Okay, that one does it. That one does it. It's just it's just a problem of understanding, in the sense that Christ and the way they they sold Christianity to us, especially as we are growing up, we be, Christianity has been sold to us as a religion. 
right? In the sense that when a Christian says I'm a Christian, funny enough, being born in a Christian home doesn't make us Christians. We know that, right? Right. I'm sure we all know that by now, right? Being born in a Christian home doesn't make us a Christian. Doesn't even make us a child of God. In short, what what most of us have is pain and is it pain and what's it called? And uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Pain, suffering, and we are, we are coerced and forced to do the things that seems that seems right because and and and, and, for, and, and it's not wrong for our parents to train us with the Christian way. It's their responsibility, right? Because they have to train their child in the way it should go, right? And the best they could do is what they were able to do as at that time. And I wouldn't blame them because. That was the light that was available at that time, right? So you can't blame them because that's the light available. Now, the Lord is, we, we, are, we are a very privileged generation yes. in the sense that we are in a season of knowledge. That we are, we are not, like Pastor Jeff was saying, was it two days ago, that we are not a generation without guidance, without teachers, without fathers, Right? So there's a lot that the Lord has invested in when it comes to one thing that is clear in this season. Unless you don't want to know it, one thing that is clear is that you, you can easily find God. Know God. Develop your own relationship and begin to build yourself in the Lord. Mahal to Farah, you have a responsibility to yourself and to God. Our parent has raised us to a degree. Our parents have given the best they could give it, they, they can give to us, right? In taking us to church, teaching us Bible verses. I'm sure if we are all born in the Christian, there's none of us that don't know one Bible verse. Even if you don't know anything, you must know John 3.16. Thank you for saying that. Is there anybody that doesn't know John 3.16 here? No, just like, no, this is not like, you know, beans, uh, we're not calling you out or anything, but is, is, but is there any? I'm just trying to get, it's like, it's like, um, is it, it's like just want to get the statistics. Is there anybody here that doesn't know John three sixteen? So we are saying that hundred percent of people here knows John three sixteen. Hundred <laughs> percent. So that means that God has. I mean, our parents have. They've tried. If if we all know John three sixteen. Because if, if you don't know anything about the Bible, see that John 3.16 is key to a whole lot of things that heaven has to give when it comes to your destiny in the spirit. And that's, I guess this is moving more towards what I wanted to say now. I think I'm seeing a part, but I'm starting from prayer, right? Because what the Lord wants me to just talk about today is to just talk around the aspect of or the con- well, not just concept, the maybe concept of heaven in a way, not, not as a concept, but as an understanding of a home. Right? And also give some clarity in that area because there's th- that area, and funny enough, I was t- before prayer, I was talking to someone and we started talking about kingdom. Right? And then I found myself explaining almost things around heaven and the things about the new heaven and the new earth. Somehow, I started talking about that. And what came out of that was an understanding that, oh, wow, what have I been doing with my journey? Why? Because there's some kind of 
vague understanding around what the heaven is or what kingdom is and all those kind of things or what our home is as Christians. But let me come back a bit, right? Like I was saying, unless we don't want to know God, at least one thing I know for sure, I'm not picking us at this, at least one thing I know for sure, for everybody in this room, you have been given an opportunity to know God. That's, that's the truth about the matter. Is that we are without excuse. We can't say that somehow there has not been conversations around moving more towards the knowledge and understanding God. We necessarily don't have an excuse there. Maybe there may be hindrances or different things. But in, when, when God arrives there and comes and says, okay, why didn't you do this? We, uh, it's, we, we can never say. It's because I don't know. Right? We can never say that. If we say that, we know we are lying. Okay, so now I gave you opportunity to know me. Why didn't you learn me? Imagine God, we in front of God, and God is asking that question. It's not, it's a, you know, just, just white throne. Just, just, just imagine a white throne just land here now, bam, and then just say, hey, Gide. See, I'm not calling anybody's name so that we are neutral. Gide, I give you an opportunity to learn me. What happened? Why didn't you know me? And the truth about that matter is that when God appears, you would know you don't know him. Right? Because even on the earth, somewhere at the back of our mind, somewhere there, we know we don't know him. Right? Even though we are Christians, we know we are. You know when you say you know God, the quick answer is, "Oh yeah, I know about God. I grew up in a, I grew up in a Christian home. I know God. I know this. That's the quick answer, right? But if we are all sincere, just move more into. No, no, this one we are not. Uh, you know, we are not choking anybody's neck, right? You are not hanging. You know, just, just, just a simple thing. Just check within you. Okay, God, do I know you? You will know whether we know Him or not. It will be clear in our spirit. It will be clear within our heart. Right? We may have different different things. Maybe some, sometimes we may, not be want, we may not want to be sincere with it. All three, because that's just the nature of man. Maybe we, and our sincerity comes from excuses. Right? So it is clear that God, when God comes, we will, not, we will be without excuse. Unless, of course, maybe... Some people that God didn't, like they never get to hear about God, or never had the opportunity, and God would know they never had the opportunity. And when we say, ah, it's because I don't, and, and God would know, right? It's a different case, and there's a means by which they will judge those. They have a means of judging such souls, right? But you know, sometimes we can now want to argue, what is God? That's not the excuse. The point now is that see. When it's you and I's turn, God will ask us, okay, so why did you? We will have to answer whether, I mean, the question will be more around, okay, you know me, okay, awesome, come into the rest. Okay, why don't, don't you know me? Ah, it's because I just love to eat biscuit and watch Netflix. I know that time, you can't lie. <laughs> Know where you are before God. You know, maybe maybe the way we are picturing it is that when He appears 
and he says why well, he would be like, but God, you know, honestly, you won't you'll find no excuse. But do you know why? The reason why we find excuses is because somehow the reality of those excuses are around. By the time God lands, part of his arrival, right? Um, scripture I'm talking about, this is not my head, it's, it's, in, it's in scripture. Part of his arrival, especially from the teaching, uh, from teaching, we know that when judgment comes, they are going to move away things. When God arrives, see all the excuses that we have that somehow our soul can find. By the time God arrives, all of that would disappear. Like, when God arrives, he moves away every single thing that does not align with the heavenly order or with him. He would remove everything. So by the time you land, especially when we are waiting, you will look for Netflix, you won't find it because it's not real there. And you can't even say Netflix because it doesn't exist. Because there's what God looks at when they are looking at, when he's looking at you. Is you and I that see Netflix and Prime and what else? And uh, what else do we give us? Okay. Yeah? YouTube, TikTok, Insta. Is you and I that, that know and see that? Right? When, if, if, they, if, they, if, they, if they move you now quickly and put you in the spirit, you will not see anything called Netflix. You, 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 you look for, where is Netflix? Let me ask you a question. Mahalo Farma. I'm, I'm not sure, maybe, but for some of us, I'm, in a way, if, if you are a child of God, somehow you would have had some spiritual experience in your life. Because one thing I know about God, that God reaches out to his, to his children from time to time. If God can appear to, to Syrians, to Saudi Arabians to get them born again. What, how much much you know that place is difficult to get preachers to go there. How much more is children that can it can easily reach here? If it couldn't reach you through friends, it will reach you through preachers. If it can reach you through preachers, it will reach you through the same YouTube and Instagram. Right? So there are different means by which God will try to reach. And so that's one, one thing for sure is every single time you have some kind of spiritual epiphany or uh, a spiritual realization, let, let, if you can think back, can you find anything like Netflix? Maybe, maybe the time you have it, there was no Netflix. Think about the most active thing you were with at that time. When you're having that experience, was there any of that in there? You realize that the only thing before you in such experience is yourself and God. Even maybe you see somebody you know, maybe you see somebody in your dream. Hey, 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 the person, you say, oh, they move around. You realize that the, what your concern is more about what is happening to you, the way you are feeling concerning the experience and what you came out of the experience with. You will not see Netflix. You will not see Prime. You will not see TikTok. You will not see your job. Not that you see your school. You will not see your kids. Right? You may see your husband or wife. But they won't be. But what you, what you see there most likely is you know them. Again, when I say you see, I'm not even saying your real sense. It's just like, just if all kinds of things can happen. Right? 
for example, I had, there was an experience I had, and I was hearing a voice. It was, it was, I know it was my mom's voice, but I know it was not her. Is the Lord using that voice to speak to me? Because that's what that means. Somehow, my mother has some kind of influence, spiritually. So, he used that, and I, but I knew what that voice meant. But I wasn't even saying about. I'm just saying, like you can have different encounters, different things. But one thing that you would shall know for sure, or the certainty, is that in your experience, it's between you and God. Nothing else matters. So, you now also realize that there is, no, there's no, not, there is really, 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 not much option that we have. It seems like there's many, but it's just you and God. Simple. So, we've had some kind of experience. Somehow, God has reached out to us. So, there's no way. There's no way we will be with when God arrives, white throne, great white throne. Maybe, maybe there's a throne before then. I'm, I'm just joking, but there's a great white throne. That's the throne of judgment, of course, right? But somehow, you know, we'll be having some kind of throne visitation, but it's not yet white, you know, because <laughs> that white one is the last one. When you arrive at white, maybe the first one is red, and then red, you see red, you see black, you see red blood. <laughs> Well, that white one is that they finished everything. White, clean. Okay, yeah, let's 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 do the the judgment. But I hope we all know that this great white throne is in the book of Revelation. I'm not just saying that of that of a mere, you know, it's not an imagination. I'm not imagining things. Maybe I imagine the red and white and, and black, but that white one is not an imagination. It's there in scripture. Amen. So when God comes, one thing we'd see clearly is that we don't have an excuse. We don't have an excuse. He has given all that he can give for us to move more into his things, right? For us to get to know him, which is much more, which is very important, getting to know God. You realize Christianity is not about, Christianity is not about, because I know that's where I'm bringing it, it's not about just, It's not, it's not just an idea sold to us, right? Like I said, our, our, our parents raised us. Then there's something about the age of accountability, right? The moment you move into that age of accountability, now what that means is that you are responsible for your knowing of God and your journey as a child of God, right? The best our parents can do is because I'm talking concerning even though for those that grew up in a Christian home, right? I know the question I asked earlier is, I hope we know that just growing up <laughs> is not the zombie we are Christians, right? And what makes you, okay, let me finish up before I talk about what makes you a Christian, is so, of course, our parent has raised us and then we've gotten to a point in our life whereby we now have a responsibility towards God and ourselves. But what Satan does is that when a child gets into that age of accountability, somehow, it begins to bring all kinds of distractions. You realize that when we're growing up, we have all kinds of distractions around us, right? All kinds, different things. Some very creative, some very bad, bad, bad. Some not, doesn't look as bad, but the truth of the matter, they're all as equally bad. You know, you know all those classification? Oh, no, yes, single level, Sha. But, <laughs> all things, single level. But, 
the truth of the matter is that sin, sin is bad, generally. It's bad. But it's sin that created all kinds of distraction. When I say sin, uh, I guess there's another concept of sin that we have, right? But I don't, I'm not sure if I would spend too much time around that. I'm not, I didn't read scripture yet. I just thought I would encourage us. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a sense of, of, there's a sense of, how do I put it? When you come to sin, there's a sense that sin is just one, a few things we do, right? Although we can act sin, right? So, for example, you can say sin is lying. Lying is a sin. So, that one can be clearly defined, right? So, the way we can interact with that, that as long as I'm not lying, I'm not sinning, right? There's a way we've been raised like that, but sin is not like that, really. See that thought I just mentioned that as long as I'm not lying, I'm not sinning. That same same mindset, it's exactly sin that taught men to live like that. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? To give us an idea of what sin is. Sin is, so sin, because nothing just appears out of nothing. All the ideas every single man on earth have today came out of somewhere. Every single idea. No idea is fresh. No those, you know, be like, oh, I have fresh ideas. Which idea is fresh? It just, it, they're just reinventing ideas. It's the same. And we can see that in evolution and develop, technological development. Right? They just add more tools to do the same thing. For example, now, bicycle is leg. Leg turned to bicycle. Right? Before, is there, there should be something before bicycle. Was there no? Yes, there's leg to animals, horses, donkeys, <laughs> ass, right? Then you move from that to mechanical. So you use animals, then you move to mechanical solution, bicycle. The bicycle evolved, motorcycle. Motorcycle evolved, vehicle. Vehicle evolved to aeroplanes now, have you? Vehicle is still evolving. That's all finished evolving. Vehicle is still evolving. Then you have planes because they figured out, ah, it's like driving on land is too slow. What, can we go faster? You don't realize everything is about speed. Leg is too slow. Get horses. Horses are faster. Ah, horses are too, you, can, you can have horse powers. That means you can create something that, is, that replicates horse powers. You know? Ah, I can only ride one horse at a time. Can I create something that has like the power of like 10 horses at once? So you have 10 horse powers. <laughs> Five horsepower. <laughs> no, you're like, okay. You know, it's the same idea that has been recycled. When you now look at true inventions, you have very little. Right now in our age, we don't actually have any, any new invention. Everything is packaging and marketing. That's just what? We are upgrading. We are rebranding. No, no, no branding is packaging. If you want to make something look more expensive, just brand it. If, if that didn't work, brand it another way. So, you know, yeah, so, <laughs> so what Satan has been doing is has been branding, is has been branding sin. Brand it, rebrand it, brand it. For every generation, there's a brand. Our fathers have their own. We, we have our own. But it's the same idea. So sin is, sin is the inventor 
of lives for men. Sin is the inventor of ideas. It's what gives men a way to live. So when God was saying, do not you know, love all those commandments that God gave, the part of the reason for those commandments is really to make sin sinful. It's not to make, it's not to make men righteous. That's what Paul said. Right? That sin may appear sinful. I think we should be reading scripture. Please, can we find out? I think, okay, because I'm talking a lot and I'm, but I think scripture, maybe we'll back, 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 backtrack a bit so we'll talk scripture, we'll read scripture, we'll see scripture and see. But I hope I'll learn where I'm going. And I started from prayer, Abby. Okay. So, we'll, we'll go, we'll go to, um, I believe it's the book of Romans. Uh, which chapter is that? Romans 7 verse, can, uh, where's the mic, if you can please, someone please help me read it. 7.13, right? Please help me read it. Read from verse... Romans 7 from verse 12. Is it 12? Wherefore, the law is holy, Mm -hmm. and the commandment holy and just and good. Yes, it's holy, just, and good. So, okay, let's go ahead. Was then that which is good made dead unto me, God forbid. But sin that it might appear sin, walking dead in me, Mm. By that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. You see, that sin by the reason of the commandment might appear. So, if we if we if we go into all the thoughts, right? If we go into all the thoughts before that verse, we won't live here. So, I'll try and say it a bit because. Is it for what, what Paul said there is a bit technical? Not just technical, but we have an idea, and I don't think maybe we do have the time, but, <laughs> but there are all kinds of things here. But I want us to see there's a reason why they were given the law. Right? But one thing we know, okay, this, you know what? Maybe we should read it. Let me read that verse 12 again. Read 11, actually. For sin, mm-hmm. taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and, and by it slew me. me. Okay, so Paul was talking about something that happened. Okay, go to 10, actually. Because 10 will give us that. And the commandment, which nine, was... Eh? Nine, Let's read from nine. Okay. For I was alive without the law no, once. Once. But when the commandment came, mm-hmm. sin revived. Sin revived. And I died. And I died. And the commandment, which was ordained to life, okay. I found to be unto death. For the commandment which I found unto life, I found unto... Okay. Hi. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and mm. by it slew me. So taking occasion of the commandment. Mm-hmm. 
deceived me. And by it slew me. Hey. I don't know. But I've thought it now. I'm in trouble. I can't just read it and run away. <laughs> I shall just tip it out. With verse 13, I run away. JJ. I can't just talk about it now and run away. Hey. Father. Okay. So let's take it little by little. But ah, this is my true into another thought. Because now, we have to read from the beginning already. So I will implore us, if you have time, because part of the reason for meetings like this is when things open like this, it can create interest for you to begin to read. And even though you may not understand it, but it can give you something to think about. Meditate on it. That over time, things will break open. Right? What we'll do is we'll just read quickly through. From one, We're not going to spend more time. We just want to get to nine. Just read from beginning to nine. People are laughing. It's like people knew we are going to do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Know ye not, brethren, okay. for I speak to them that know the law, mm-hmm. how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Okay. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband mm. so long as he liveth. Yeah. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. Yeah. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man. She shall be called an adulteress. Um, yes. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law yes. by the body of Christ. Okay. That ye should be married to another. Hold on. I think that point is key. Just to give some insight. Okay. Right? You are dead to the law because of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ah. Okay. Um, this is temptation. But okay, the summary of that is when you look at it, we know that you have the law, right? I want to use this sense of the old. Because that law, there's there's the laws that Paul is talking about is more than it's more than just the law of the old you know the law of the old covenant. Somehow, somehow in all this from Romans, it's, it's, it actually started from like five, six. It started talking. He's talking about two laws. He, also using the example of the old, right? He mentioned the Old Testament to give an insight, and then he also mentioned another law, which is the law of sin and death. Law of sin, right? Which is saying that what is saying that sin is actually a law. So sin is not just something you commit; is a law, right? Sin is a law, and I'll put it like this: Do you know you have a law in Canada? The law in Canada is what guides how you live. Right, you can't be here and just live anyhow. Like you can't just decide how to go and steal in a, in a shop. This is why you, the reason why you can't do that because there's a law. If they remove that, I can bet it with you. <laughs> so 
just to tell you how, how things work, I can bet it with you. There is many things we do. The reason why we do them, right? the reason why we don't find, <laughs> the reason why we don't, the reason why we do most of the things we do is that there is no, thing, no law guiding us around them. Check it. That's most of the thing. The way we think is like that. When an idea comes to your mind, you something. If, if you have not thought about it before, start doing it every single moment of your life. If you want to do something, you see that your, your mind actually does a, a consultation with your spirit. Okay, where is the, the Lord that says I should not do this? Is it there? As soon as you cannot find it there, you are going to do it. If you are not aware of that, because most of the time, that's what Satan does. It makes things covered. From now on, just be conscious of it. You see, it's a substitute. It's, a, it's, it's quick, fast. If, you are, if we are not awake spiritually, we don't know that it's happening. How you make decisions sometimes, it passes through that filter. As I want to do something, you check, is there any law that says I should not do this? There's none. Okay, I don't see no reason why I should not do this. You won't say anything wrong. You go ahead. So I can bet it with you. If they remove the law of, if you rob, you go to jail. You just start seeing people stealing. And they won't consider it stealing. They'll just go, take it and go. Like, ah, you are stealing. Ah, what? There's nothing that says I can't take it now. You just put the merchandise here and put a price. Who said I have to pay a price? Who said I have to pay a price? Uh-uh. The reason why people can buy and sell openly like this is because there's a law. And I'm, sh- I'm sure somehow it has been happening. That's where that law came. <laughs> so, during you know that time, there's still a law. Trevor Bata is also a law. Sometimes some law are written, some they are not. The one that is not written, where did it come from? That's a question we should ask ourselves. So if you want to understand the, understand the concept of laws, there are things inside of you that you don't just do. Check it. You have a law about them. And if you now check the mechanism of how that law arrived there, you now realize that you can trace it back somehow to Adam. Exactly. And, it, and, this is, and, and, and funny enough, if you want to solve the problem of our generation, is this, this, this mystifying scene. Because our generation feels what, like, this issue of our parents just shouting sin, 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 what's that nonsense? Because somehow souls have moved past certain laws that now the only way they can get us back is with understanding. And the only way you can get that is through the knowledge of God. Hey, this thing I just mentioned, if you, think, if you think about it for a moment, you now realize that our generation is in trouble. Because you think from what I'm saying that, ah, okay, God, are you doing just No, it's the other way around. Because now, souls have moved past the season of, we are, so we are more lawless now than we've ever been. The reason why our generation is now saying, 
see all these old generation, they, are, they don't know anything. We feel like we are caged. We feel like they're just putting laws on us because we don't understand. And the reason why we are feeling like that is because sin has developed. It is, it is the sin of our own generation. It is the, it is the, it's how technology is. Technology, that's how sin, sin is like that. See, and, and you know technology does not advance, uh, does not advance, is it, what's that one by one? It does not advance additionally. Technology advances exponentially. It's an exponential equation. It's not, it's not linear. Mm-hmm. Linear just means straight. You know, one by one, step by step. No. Sin is not linear. Sin is exponential. Exponential curve is like this. You can have it at one point here. The next point can be here. Right? If it is linear, you know that, okay, according, there's, a, there's a formula for that one. Yeah. Is that you must have things added one by one. So for example, 2x plus 3y equals, you get. You always know that no matter what x is, it is always 2x. Plus, no matter what y is, it's always 3y. For some of us that don't like mathematics when we are in school, sorry. <laughs> that I'm bringing math. Honestly, math is not hard. Math is not hard. It's just that maybe the way they were teaching us. You know, some teachers don't know how to teach. It's not, it's not all teachers that know how to teach. So, I don't think there's any, although some people may be more science, art inclined, but that does not mean every soul have the capacity to learn anything on it. The, what makes the difference is the willingness and the, the communication of the understanding. Even if you don't, you don't have interest, you can understand it. That's my point. The things we, we, we have is because of interest that we are more gravitate towards other things more than others. It's interest. But not that we can't learn the other ones. So linear equation is 2x plus 3y equals whatever. So you know that no matter what 2x and 3y is, it, there will always be a a solution. And it is linear. It is here, here, here. You can draw the line straight. Sin is not straight. It's like this. And when it's moving, curve, it will just, it will shoot. And as the age is going, the more it's going up. So the thing about exponential change is that it starts small. But the more you are going, the higher it goes. So our parents were safer than we were. That's my point. The reason why we're not able to fit in into their own arrangement is because of the wisdom of sin working on generations. That's what sin does. So if we are thinking of saying, you know, Christianity has been simplified, man. Christianity has been simplified. I think that's my thoughts. Funny, no, sorry. I, I knew it. I knew it. If I, if we read that that romance, I knew it. I knew it. If we read that romance from one, <laughs> I just know it. But we've read this now. We are in trouble. So, so, I have to find my thoughts back to where I'm coming from. Kai, Jesus is Lord. What have we done? Anyways, the Lord is with us. So sin. I'm just, I think I'm trying to just explain two concepts of sin, two concepts of the law. And I'd have to use sin as an example, right? So sin, okay, let me finish my talk before, but sin is a law. That's what I'm trying to say. 
and I'm, I'm, and I'm not trying to explain our generation different things that is happening. No, just different things in our generation, right? So our generation has prospered with sin so much that when it it has it has given men all kinds of inventions to deal with it, it has to do with knowledge. And it has to do with the knowledge of God. Karl Felster, I, okay, so they want me to say this. If all you have is religion, you will never know sin. You will never deal with sin. But one thing I want us to know is this. Sin is heavenly. Sin is not earthly. Sin is heavenly. And you notice I'm saying sin. I didn't say sins. Because there is what we call sins. Sins is what sin gives birth to. Right? And part of the reason why sin had to give birth is that it needs to distract men. So while you are looking at the child and killing the child, bah, 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 the mother is looking, oh, she will continue. And, he, and sin does not stop giving birth. It keeps, bah, as you kill one, giving birth to another. Give birth to another. And and it's like, it's like when you have a, an attack coming from somewhere and they're just shooting one spot and your attention is focused on just that spot to, to, to stop the attack. You don't know that they are just distracting you. The real thing is happening. For example, you know, you know soldiers, they have this concept. Cover me, cover me. What's that? Cover me means distract them. We, we, ah, we watch movies now. We all watch movies, don't we? Okay, I'm giving you some insight into some of those movie things. They say, cover me, cover me. What, is, what that statement simply means is distract them. I need to do something. So sin has a cover. So when he says cover me, what they do is they will start shooting at the enemy because there's a, they have a law of engagement. When they are shooting, you wait so that they finish shooting because they will always end. So there's a wisdom sin give men to fight each other too. When they are shooting, there is a moment for the gun to relax or to reload. No matter what, you don't have a gun with an unending ammunition. That's the idea. At some point, you have to reload. That reload is your own window to fire back. If they are shooting at you, wait until they finish firing, fire back. Have you ever seen anybody that openly, openly, just fire at each other like that, openly? They are not, they are not covering or dodging. They will die. It's only okay. Who is the Terminator? Be who's 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 the you know Terminator? That guy, that one is a different breed. We've seen the movie, have you? It's the only one that you'll be shooting, but he has a he has a weakness. So it's just that we don't know the weakness. So every what men when they engage in war, they are looking for edge to have advantage over that that law is what all engagement is all about. How can we take advantage over this law? That's what they are doing. Right? So when they are shooting, 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 say, cover me, cover me. So they quickly return shooting on the enemy so that they can hide and not shoot back. So that the people that want to be covered can go and do what they want to go or, or move. Maybe they are here, they want to move to that location. But they can't just move because if they do that, they will shoot them down. So they need to wait, cover me, shoot back so that they will stop shooting so you can go. It's a law they are using too. That's what sin does. With sins. Sins, the sin, sins cover our sins. 
right? Which most of the generations before us are focused on. And our generation is tired. What is this thing about, okay, don't, uh, what's it called? What do they tell our generation? Don't sin. There are many things all about that. No, don't sin. There's all kinds of things. Like, don't fornicate, don't, don't fornicate, don't steal, don't be a bad boy, don't be a bad girl. What else? Don't lie. Or some things around the thing they say we should not do. We feel, why, why, should, why can't I do this? What's wrong with it? The question you're really asking is, I want to know God. If, you are, if there's ever a question, why can't I do this? The answer is, go know God. You know why you can't do it or why you can't. The answer to why can't I do this? Is the, the answer is the knowledge of God. When God is known, you have answers because it brings end to the law. It brings end to a law. So when, God, when, God, when Christ arrives, there's a knowledge too. It brings an end to a kind of law. The law that the, the law that the commandment wanted to make, there's what the commandment wants to, so the commandment is a law, but it has an intention, is to amplify another law, that's what that scripture is telling us, right, so Paul was not telling us in a way somehow that okay, when Christ appeared, he made an end to a law, you can say in a sense that he made an end to the law of Moses and everything well, but it's not just that alone he dealt with there's with another law too. That that law is tied, that that law is making to show. But let's read further. Hey. I knew it. What have I done? Okay. Go with me. Yes. I'll quickly rush to where I'm going. <laughs> so we can finish. Wherefore, my brethren, hey. yes. ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Christ. Okay, death to the law by the body of Christ. That so, ye should, okay. Go ahead. That ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead. So you should be married to another law. Hmm. Even to him who is raised from the dead. Who is raised from the dead has another law inside of him. Okay, let's go further. That we should bring forth fruit unto God. That you should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh... You see, that you should bring forth fruit. You see the reason for receiving a kind of knowledge, you have to bear fruit towards God. How many of us have ever thought of that? That I need to bear fruit to God. Not to men. Not to my dad that says don't steal. Mm. To God. Mm. Because my dad that says don't steal. Maybe he's saying that to me from his own understanding. That he has grown, But maybe I don't understand that. Do you understand? Okay, my dad said, "Don't steal." Somehow, I know inside of me, don't not steal. So, any wherever you find a law that says "Don't steal," you can trace it back to Adam. You can trace, and then if you can trace it back to Adam, it means you can trace it back to God. Because what did what did Adam get that law from? And if I'm saying Adam has a law, you know, he did not create a land, a country. So, where is that law in Adam? Right, meaning. The law 
is in Adam in the way he lives. How he judges. Okay, don't, okay, this is what we do. This is what we don't do. There's a way he was living his life that translates to what we do and what we don't do. Mm-hmm. But where did he get that one from? It's from the knowledge of God because he was not just idle in the garden. He was not idle. Right? Hi. How many of us think what I'm saying is like story? Is it story? Does it, does it sound like story? I mean, I, I, I just want to get ourselves, you know. Some, sometimes this thing, okay, let me ask you a question. Does this, does this thing make the Bible real to you? Right? Is Bible alive in a way? Now, what is happening is, heaven is, see, there are thoughts inside this book. What we are talking about is a thought out of this. It will tell you and I that Bible is living. You know that Bible is living. Bible is live is not dead, and we are not meant to interact with Scripture. Okay, see, oh, even if you don't believe all I'm saying. I'm sure you find some things that I'm saying sensible and true, if not all of it. Okay. See that true aspect of what I'm saying did not come from the fact that I read the Bible and it says, say that they should not steal or they should love me. It didn't come from that. You know, maybe we have an idea of sermon. Maybe preachers, they'll just come, they'll read, and then they'll just say, okay, oh, uh, as we have read, Okay, I'm, I'm, I know there are some, some, some activities around that whereby, of course, some theologians you know, do that. And I'm not saying it's wrong. But there's also the ministration of the Spirit. And it's part of how God has raised so many men. Now, why am I saying this? It's because if you look at it, there's something about spiritual life that it has to come from a sense that is not your own. You, do you know that you actually interact with places that give us senses that has nothing to do with your own sense? You and I may not even know. Naturally that we are even engaging, you know, maybe we just, like, like we are playing God of War and they will just come and just are playing God of War and We'll just chill, you know, finish and then go. And now we finish and we start thinking other things. All kinds of things. You'll be wondering, what's happening now? So I'm saying that our life is not as simple as we think it is. You are not a simple being. Okay. Ask yourself. If God has ever been real to you, as okay, okay, let me ask. Just ask yourself. Wait, oh. do you know yourself finish? Okay. Does science know you? If science doesn't know you, doesn't know me, that means you're a complex being. Anything science can't find, no science is curious. If science have not by today clearly defined what a human being is, you know they don't know man fully. There's an, there's, an, there's an aspect of man that is a, is a mystery for them. They are still trying to design. They can use it. They can use it to do other things, but they still don't understand. It's your brain. Mm-hmm. 
they can't, they have, they've not finished understanding it. They just know that you are using 5% of it. The rest of the 95%, they don't know where it is. They don't know where it is. They are, they are still looking for it today. Me, I know they can't find that 95%. Maybe they try, they can find maybe another five. <laughs> to be able to discern brain 100%, you need a spiritual aspect. But science doesn't look for spiritual. They look to the natural because that's what the science is. Now, we, haven't, we, haven't, we even have what we call science so falsely called. That's what Paul was saying to Timothy. Now we have science. No science so falsely called is the one that's not. You know what science, what the real science has come to do? Science so falsely called has come to destroy it. Imagine the real science say there's a woman, there's a man. A woman is not a man. If you check it, by the time you look at the skeleton, you realize that when you get to the side of the hip, something just curves and is different. You'll be what? Are they the same? It's not. It's not the same. Adam and Eve are not the same. The shape is not the same. The figure is not the same. Even the bone is not the same. It's not the same. Now, then who are you confusing? It's not the same. You, if they, when they start looking at female bones, you show that they have some kind of peculiarity compared to males. Some are, males is a little bit more dense sometimes. Right? Dense. They, they have different, uh, what's it called, arrangement and different, uh, what's it called? F- fixture. Right? For example, now, there's a, way, there's a way a woman is built for childbearing. Right? Especially around that hip. That's where God put it there. No, it's not just for play. No, it's, there's a part it's playing in all the function that the woman have to. Right? So it's not just, not just okay, bones, bones have definition. Because God creates man and female for Functionally, too. Right? And that's why a, a man should not be competing in a woman's sport. Before they arrive at separating, before they arrive at separating the sport, do, do you think the people that decide to separate don't have brain? Right? I'm sure they must have found out that, hmm, even though you have some odd situations, odd, very odd, where a female athlete excels in a sport more than male, but they found that, on average, male athletes would be naturally more strong than female athletes in some sports. Especially the one that has to do with strength. You know, javelin, short put, all those things. I don't know. Our males' muscle, female too, build their muscle. But me, 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 I don't understand that one too. But once, I, shall, I shall know for sure if a man and a woman train the same way to build their muscle. The same way, the man will win. I don't know. I mean, I still don't understand. God, we know it's God that made it that way. And it's not. Uh, is it not? We are, we are not playing down the female gender. No, we're not playing that down. We're not saying that that, that. that is not a definition of who. You know, this world. You can look at some things that is not, does not matter. Oh, is it because? Uh, no, no, calm down. It has nothing to do with your worth or your 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 value. It has something to do with whether you can. Do. Some things a, a female can do, man can't do it. 
Have you ever thought about childbearing? There's no way a man, a man can. <laughs> so when a man is carrying weight, <laughs> carrying the, put it, okay, honey, can you help me carry? Carry, wah, put it there. Okay, tell him to come and give birth. The, ne the next statement that will come out of his mouth is, thank God, I'm not a woman. You see. Why? Because, so now when it now comes to that, you now realize that childbearing has, has, has is associated with pain. I will tell you that women has a lot more threshold for pain than men. So when you now look at it, you look at, okay, men, they don't just cry. Women cry. You think, oh, strength is, you can't cry, she can't cry. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that at all. You know, you'd be like, oh, because she's crying, oh, oh she feels, ah, no, maybe we are strong. We don't cry. Yes. Somehow it's a form of balance because when a woman is crying, you have to have some, imagine both of them are crying. Man and woman crying together. <laughs> have you ever thought of that? Because that's, that's what's going to happen to, 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 um, to Lolita, and Lolita, right? You know, imagine Lolita marrying Jane. How would they, when they are crying, they both cry. And imagine Jude marrying Jide. There will not be any. <laughs> and I realize that no matter, how, you see all those things you see in TikTok and all those things that maybe you see a male that is transitioning to me, not saying, oh my God, it's a lie. All lies. No others. Ah, ah, oh my God, I miss It's a lie. It's all drama. If, if they are sincere, if they are sincere, you, you, you yourself, when you watch it, you know it's drama. A lie? Does it feel real to you? Whenever you see maybe a, a, a male that has transitioned to female, and now on TikTok, they don't even care about me. You yourself, you'll be wondering, what's wrong with this one? Exactly. What you see is drama. I know you know these days, you know, people want, don't, don't offend, uh, offend what? The truth is here. There's nothing we can do about it. It's here, it's here. If anybody is angry with me now that I don't, I'm not, uh, what's it called, compassionate for the LGBT community, and me to tell them, they're not compassionate for God. Uh, well, okay, well, do I hate them as a person? No. I mean, if I see one now, just talk, hey, how are you doing? Okay, we talk normally. I'm not going to hate you. I'm not going to kill you. But don't bring your idea near my home. And don't even, don't even try to convince me to align with your idea. Why? You are saying we don't give you freedom, but you are taking mine. What's that? See, there's a, there, there, <laughs> see, now, you know, see, but, but let's go back to the real idea. Jide and Titi are not built the same. So science so falsely called today is the one that is now rewriting the order of the things that true science has found out. I don't know, I don't know why I got here and I started talking about this thing, but I feel like I was addressing something. I don't know, I was addressing the spirit. And because when I'm, when I'm talking about it, I have strength to talk about it, so it's a spirit. About, you know why? That spirit is directly an attack against Christ. Right? It's directly an attack against Christ. It's almost like a blasphemous, it's a scornful 
It's a scornful spirit. Scorning God. Right? Because, because God created man and woman. Then now trying to make man, man, woman, woman, marry each other is a, is a scornful statement to God. It's like blasphemy, <laughs> like trying to mock God. But don't, they don't, they've forgotten that the Lord will, would laugh at them, have them in derision. Right? It's a scornful statement. But so it's clear. You can't, this, this new science is what, what brought it forth is sin. It's a knowledge of sin, right? We now realize that in this day and age, in this day and age, let me quickly go back to what I'm coming. If you don't have knowledge, it's not just any knowledge, because now knowledge, if, if you don't have God, if you don't have God, the only knowledge that is safe are fact, statistics, right? If you look at facts, okay, there are 10 billion people on earth, okay, five, you know, those kind of information. If you move away from those kind of facts and you move into information that has to do with how people live their life, ideas, okay. The only answer to such realm is Bible. The moment you remove Bible from it, you have problem. The problem you have today, it, okay, I mean, typically, just, just, look at, just look at our world. The moment you introduce scripture, Bible, God, it aligns things. You know, no, there's not too much disorderliness. There's not too much problem. But the moment they started removing, you know they've been removing Bible small small from communities. That's why we are where we are today. Some people now they are now even vexing. I think I forgot there's one park. I think it's uh, a Sinibon. There's a scripture monument there. They are trying to remove. Have they removed it yet? I forgot about that story. I just read it by what's wrong with these people? Nonsense. Right. But all this is I'm saying, all I'm trying to say is just to point us to about the how real God is so. I want to tie it to the sense that, see, we can't just live our life anyhow. We can't just live our life anyhow. We must be, we must be, in, when it comes to the, the things of, when it comes to our life, we don't just say things of God. When I say things of God, it's like, sometimes the way our mind processes is like maybe blackmail. Okay? No. When it comes to about you, you have to understand that. You as a person, me as a person, I can't just be any. And the only way not, not to be anyhow is that somehow I must align with God. But that's where the true knowledge is. That's the solution. That's the solution to, our, to, to the young generations that we are this day and age. That's our solution. Because knowledge has increased. Iniquity has also increased. Iniquity. Huge. Iniquity is playing 10-10. How many of us know 10-10? Ah, no, I know it's, we know it in Yoruba. We must be 10, 10, 10, 10. No, I was not 10, 10. Okay, ah, okay. It's, I know there's one they call it in uh, Igbo. I forgot what they call it. Hey. I forgot it. What about Benin? Do you know what they call that thing? It's 10, 10, too. Ah, so it's a, general, general, it's, a, it's a global language. 10, 10. We can't be playing 10, 10 with our life. It's not game, man. Amen. Amen. So, I think I was explaining the aspect of sin, right? That it might appear sinful, right? Um, I was. I think where I landed, where I jumped from here is Eden, right? Adam was in Eden, and what, what did I say about Adam in Eden? 
have an idea in my mind. I just I think there's just some information I'm trying to remember. Oh yes, yes, I remember now. So um, I was talking about the law in Adam. Where did he get it from? Right. I was saying that okay, there was there was something that was learning in the garden. Right. So in, I know Genesis did not talk too much. It just gave us an idea of what was happening. But one thing is certain: they didn't spend one day in Eden before they ate of the fruit they shouldn't eat of. They've been there. And how we know is that Adam has been living. He was naming animals. Imagine, can he name all the animals one day? So we know that God will bring the animals to him. He will name them. So you see the, re the relationship between him and God is already established there. Because scripture tells us that God actually will bring the animals and whatever Adam calls them, so was their name. Then later after he sinned, we heard that God came in the cool of the eve. And he, he gave us a sense that he always come in the cool of the day. When you read it, that's the sense it gives. So meaning that it's, a, it's almost like a daily thing. Those kind of daily interaction of fellowship is, the, is what resulted in the law in him. Although, although Adam was created with some kind of law inside of him when he was created. He was not empty of law. He had some law inbuilt, right? And then there's not the one he was learning. Right? The one that he was learning has to do with the next, with the next allocation of life that has to be in him. Or let me put it this way. Every law that is in place Every single law. No I'm even saying it clearer now. No matter where it is existing, it's for the purpose of life in your current habitation. Right? The law in Canada is guiding us for in Canada. Right? Ah! This idea, this thought that just came to me is interesting. I know most of us have probably thought about it already. If you move quickly to Nigeria, you realize the law changed. It's because there's a different law there. And guess what? If you don't have God, you use that one too. That's the truth of the matter. Check it now. If you, if you have people that are not Christians or they're not somehow spiritually inclined, they just live their life and check it. When they come here, they will, the law inside of them is different. They will try and adjust it so they don't go to jail. If they move back to Nigeria where the law they allows for the law inside of them to walk, you see now realize that <laughs> the law of your habitation is important. Yeah. So you realize that in men you have laws. But the way it's meant to be is that the law inside men needs to align with the environment that they are in. So the law in Adam aligned with Eden. Right? Then, because it aligned with Eden, God planted a tree in Eden. Hey. Sorry, guys. So there was already sin. But sin was not active in Adam. But, but that sin, where did it come from? So the, but God didn't plant that tree there. That tree of sin, God didn't plant it. An old scripture tells us that, okay, there was a, but have you, did you see that God planted the tree? But we know, that, we know that God planted the tree of life. 
But God didn't plant that tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because the that seed is not in God. I, I, I will know that okay, if you are wondering, okay, you know there's an excuse like, okay, how do you know that it's not God that planted it? Okay. It's true. Scripture. And revelation too. But there's also evidence. Halfarma. Why? If God is light and there is no darkness in him at all, where did that, where did that, where did that come from? Now, that, that tree has the tendency to destroy creation. That's a creation, created beings. It's a, it's a tree of destruction. Right? And I know there might be thought around, okay, what about the scripture says that, that evil passed before God, he knows how to use it. Hello. Right? The thing is, we don't understand most of the concept of those language that scripture uses. And that is why if only until you know God, some of the things in scripture can be clear. Can't be. Death, right? When you hear death, you associate it with Satan, maybe, and bad thing. But death is not necessarily a bad thing to God. In short, God created death. Because we know he has an angel of death. He's an angel. It's not Satan. It's an angel. Because that's the angel that, that killed all the firstborn of Egypt, Right? Does that mean God is evil? No. God is not evil. An angel of death is an angel of separation. Death means separation. To separate. When, when you have death, you have separation. I think when we were praying, I was, I was explaining something that, for example, if you, what does it mean to be? It's to be totally dead to a kind of conversation, a kind of living, a kind of life. right? For example, now, we are not dead to the people out there. Why? Well, in a way we are. What do I mean by that is, in the sense of separation, they're having a conversation that even though we can hear their voice, we don't know what they're talking about. They are dead to us because they are separated from us. We are separated from them. Really, the, the opposition here is that we are actually dead to those outside there. Those outside there are dead to us. Here because they are not alive in the conversation that we are having. So when you're saying dead, it's not, it doesn't mean that somebody carry axe, hack you down, and then you are gone, right? Dead just means separation, to be separated. So when Adam, when they say Adam died, did you see him falling down? So what does that means? That death means something, right? It means something. It's a means of separation, and that's what we saw when the moment he ate of the fruit. He was separated from God. So when God drove him out, it's partly to establish the law that is inside of him. Because that law, okay, that's what, one thing I was going to say earlier is that the law, right, needs to be aligned with your environment. So the moment Adam ate of the fruit, the law inside of him has changed. He's no longer aligning with Eden. God needs to kick him out. If he's in Eden, he will be unlawful there. Because there's a, 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 a law already at work in him. Right? By one man sin entered and then death passed. Separation. Men are separated from God. What most believers are experiencing today is a kind of separation. But I want us to see. I don't want, I don't want, I want us to see the real separation. Right? Because in the beginning, God was, I was explaining something that God was, I know I did not finish explaining the same thing, but I, 
right? But there's a separation, right, in the beginning. So there's a reason I was trying to explain why God was coming to the garden to teach him something, right? But of course, what we're saying, sin, right? Let me finish explaining that so I'll go there. Is when so I know somebody hearing this, somebody would be like, ah, what do you mean by God implanted that sin? Yeah. So the scripture tells us about the parable that Jesus said, right? He's saying that while men slept, an enemy came and sowed and, and and so seed and then tar grew with it. The rest is the parable of the beginning, right? Because when God has planted the garden, Satan came because that seed belongs to Satan. The seed, God, when God knows that, like I was explaining, that there is separation, right? So God does not have the law of sin and death inside of him. The law that worked on Adam is the law of sin and death. Right? But in its, in its, in its true form, it's actually iniquity. Iniquity, then sin and death, then hell and death. Right? Those are different kinds of language that they use in scripture. It's in the book of Revelations. Right? See, and, and hell and death. Right? Jesus has the key of hell and death. Right? It's not just the key of sin and death alone. They're telling us in the book of Revelations 3 or 4. Right? He has the key of hell and death. Hell and death, sin and death, there are two different kinds of death. They're not the same. Right? They're not the same. If you look at the kind of life you see among men today, it's almost smelling like hell, Abby. It's not like hell and death. It's not looking like sin and death. Sin and death is like, you know, small, small, petty, petty things here and there, right? But hell and death is like, ah, ah. The man now is a woman. You are smelling hell, right? <laughs> but those kind of those those are the different kind of things. But let me, I'm not. The focus not really that t- today, right? But just to talk about that seed. So that seed. Imagine a seed that has the ability to actually separate men from God. Why would God plant it when His intention is not to separate man from Him? I know there's a school of thought around and God wants to test them. No, it's not a test. Right? And how do we know it's not a test? No, I'm just going through different school of thoughts. How do we know it's not a test? Jew, James 1 tells us, said, God does not tempt any man. Okay, if the scripture tells us that, okay, let's read it, please, because I, I think my wife should read that so that you don't can finish reading that one. So you don't close that. Let my wife read them. Uh, it's like two of you are communicating, so they could not help us. Time has honestly time has gone. I'm uh, I don't know. I don't think we'll finish at two today, to be honest with you. I'm not gonna lie. If they will charge us a little bit. But 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 we're not gonna go too far. We're not gonna go too far. It's just that it's ten minutes is it's difficult to end the message. At least fifteen minutes. I think James one from verse. 13. Okay. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For James 1, 13, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. For God cannot be tempted see, with evil. Let anyone say that he is tempted of God. For God, see, let not any man, you don't say some, any, 
including Adam, yeah. that is tempted of God. Why? Because? Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. evil. You see? God, no. can, God himself cannot be tempted with evil. And then? Neither tempted, tempted he, he, he any man. man. With evil. God is not tempted of evil. It means that evil cannot tempt him. Neither does he himself tempt any man with evil. Do we all agree that that seed is evil? Aha. The scripture established that God does not tempt. What God does is try. Being tried and being tempted are two different things. understand that, right? Being tried and being tempted are two different things. And it tells us what temptation comes by. Yeah, let's go there. What does it say? Everyone is tempted when? But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. You see? He's drawn away. Now, if you look at the operation of the serpent talking to Adam, with, sorry, with Eve, does it seem like a luring? So sometimes you have to look at, you know, if you just look at things, just blank, we won't really get the true sense of it. Because all of these things you are talking about, you have an emotion that can interpret it for you. Why? Because you know what being tried is. You know what's being, even if you don't know it with word, as maybe a mental or tried means, when I ask you, do you know what it means to be tried? Somehow in your soul, somehow you have an answer about it. And then when I say you are tempted, you have an answer too. That for me, I know. If, 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 I, if I don't know we have an answer to try, temptation, I know we have an answer to that one. You know why? Because all of us have been tempted at one point. All of us. Every single one. And you know the feeling of temptation. <laughs> you know it. And Jesus knew it too. Because he was tempted. Right? So after baptism, he was led into the wilderness. Satan came to tempt him. That's why he tempted him. He didn't, he didn't try him. If he was trying him, it's a different thing. No, he didn't try him. He tempted him. Temptation has to do with being lured away from the original plan. Trying is in line with the, with the plan. You know the plan. We just want to try. Do you want to continue or not? It's a different sense. That one is even more like conversational. Like, like God said, come, let's reason together. Right? If you're, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a, it's a, it's a trying statement. If, God, if you want to be tried, the Lord will tell you, look, this is, the, this is, this is what my life demands. Do you still want it? What's going to happen is that I'm going to leave you to make a decision about it. And what that means is that I'm going to leave you and I'm going to leave some of my covering around this area. Why? For you to see the reality of things, how things really are, then choose if you still want me. That's more trying. Temptation is, see this part, don't take it. 
take another one. This one is easier. Or, you know you like bread. Why don't you just eat that bread, you know? That bread on the table. Nobody will know you. You took that bread. Just eat the bread now. It's just bread, man. Or if it is rice. Man. I know most of us will like rice because we're from Nigeria. Most of us will like it. Maybe not we like, but we eat it. Right? But that bread, I think, if you love bread, you're like me. I love bread. I love bread too much. Especially one hot, the hot one, hot from the oven. Ah! I love bread. So if you love bread, you've not sinned. Right? I'm just saying, if you love bread, you have not sinned. You just, you just, you just like it. But your love for bread can be a temptation. Right? So, loving bread in itself is not what is bad. But the love for bread can be a temptation. The only way it can be a temptation to you is when it's contradicting God's life. Right? We may not be able to conceptualize what that will look like. But it's an operation and it's possible. You don't know how much your love for bread can stop you living to God. You don't know. Okay, let me paint a picture. Ah, should I paint that kind of picture? Let me not talk too much about these kind of things. Let's move to the message. <laughs> I think I've, I've made the point, but I was just trying to explain to get us to see clearer, you know. Different, different ways. Our love for something can actually be an hindrance, can be a temptation. Right, so tem- tem- being tempted is being lured away, and that's what the man, the serpent, did to Adam and Eve in the garden. So it lured Eve away by giving a promise of another. Right. So in short, Adam and Eve didn't have any other option in the garden. Satan came, then planted his seed as an option. The next question is, why did God allow him? Abby? The reason is because God also operates by laws. God operates by laws. You realize that there are some things God will never do even though he can do it. For example, God can't just come and do anything on earth unless you and I or Christians give him right to do it. You know that, right? God is all-powerful. He wants to do something. There's something... So many things he wants to do, but he can't do it. Not that he won't, not that he won't do it. He can't. I, will, I hope you understand the language. When I say he can't, it can seem like he won't. He like he can't. And I know the what will be fighting us. Ah, God, all powerful. There's nothing he cannot do. Ah, yes. In his own essence, it's not impossible for him. But he works by laws. Have you ever seen God forcing anybody to be born again? So, that's another thing he can't do. He can't force you to be born again. And that can he force you to love him? He can't. There's no law inside of him that has to do with forcing. There's no law inside of him that has to do with forcing. What he does is what? He reasons with you. See my reason, no. I have placed before you 
life and death. He didn't even say it's up to you. He said, but I implore you, please, choose life. See how much, how much he cares. Like, you know, see, I've placed before you. That I've placed before you is not that, yes, death. Here is life. Ha, 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 ha. Choose now. You are dead. No. Look at the language. I have placed, that I have placed before you life and death means I have elevated your judgment to see a better choice to death because death is always present with you. All the kind of, imagine since Adam ate Cain, master, building cities, all kinds of things, bad guy. Later, out of his seed, I know I didn't finish, ah, God, ah, Jesus, Lord. Out of his seed, out of his seed is where Cain came from, right? Satan's seed, bet Cain in a way, right? It was a building city. Then later, you can find that city, Nimrod, who was hunting men in the presence of God, was a great hunter, right? That's, that's Genesis, book of Genesis. He was hunting men from the presence of God. That's what was, Nimrod was doing, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's a sense. That's, that's a sense of that seed. Amen. I'm trying, oh my God, Father Lord Jesus. I have to end the message now because time has gone. Amen. So, but I'll try my, my, my possible best to retrace our steps slowly, gradually, and end the message. Amen. So, let me retrace my step back now so that I can quickly, because of time. Why? Okay. I think, I think in a way, I've given us a picture of what I wanted to say earlier. right? Because all this picture I'm painting now in a way. Because now I'm back in Eden. And we're talking about the original intent of God. Now, I want you all to see the original intent of God for Adam, which is home. Eden is not Adam's home. God was his home. Right? So when God was saying, let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, right? The truth of the matter is that Adam does not actually have Actually, Adam has not come into the true image of God and the true likeness of God. He hasn't. I'm not saying image and likeness has to. It's a very simple question. Apart from faith, faith, faith. Yes, I am a child of, I am a child of God. Check. Just, just, just a simple check. Do I have the image of God? Even though we don't know what that means, but one thing I know is that your spirit knows it. Just ask yourself, do I have the image now? You know that something would signal to you that even though you are the true righteousness of God, but calm down. You don't have true. So almost like image and likeness is almost like a promise of a home for Adam. So Adam had a home he's going to. Eden was just more of a preparation for the true home. How did we know that the true home is not that garden? They, they showed us another Eden in the book of Revelation. You know, Revelation sums up everything. Right? Then we begin to see the manner of the tree. In the beginning, they tell us that it planted a tree of life, but it didn't tell us it bears fruit. But we know that it bears fruit because the scripture tells us in Genesis 1 that he planted every fruit-bearing seed. He planted it. Right? That's what Genesis 1 says when it was creating. Every fruit bearing seed. So, meaning that, in a way, I don't know what has happened though. In a way, 
in a way. Most of the things God planted bears fruit. Now we have trees these days that don't bear fruit. I don't know what happened to them. I honestly do. <laughs> I don't know what happened to them. All I know is that in the beginning, he planted fruit-bearing seeds. And I guess perhaps another thing we can look at is that the way trees bear fruit might be different. And it's true in a way. When, when, when trees bud, it's a kind of fruit, like spring. You have flowers, some kind of fruit in a way, but it's not necessarily fruit, not, not edible. Then you have trees that their own flower result. For example, the tree at the back of our house, every spring, there's one, one, one annoying uh, thing that it brings for at that time, but it's a flower. Flower, the next thing you know, leaves are growing. But after the flower goes, it sheds it and everywhere is scattered with littered with something. Is, but, huh? It's not even gum. It's like, no, it's like, it's like dried leaf. And I, I know that other that, that one like gum. I have seen it somewhere uh, near where I used to work, a uh, building. There's a tree there. That I, but this one, it does not, if it was drawing now, I won't say it's even nicer because I don't know how that would feel like. But I know that this one is it's just a weird way. You know, when you see something bearing flower, you'll be like, ah, fruit. But this one, just, and then I have to be packing. Hey, Jesus is Lord. So that's some kind of fruit, right? In, 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 in let's read, hey. I, sorry, we have to read Bible, but we, don't, we can't read everything now. I, I don't think I finished that one that you know was reading. Maybe we should finish it first. But the summary of what I'm trying to explain is that in the book of Revelations, read it, please. So all these things, right? You've heard something, and it's going to bet some kind of desire for more of it somehow. See, all this scripture I can't read. Please take time and read it. Even if it's, it's in the cons- concept of understanding what it was there, right? I'll quickly read that Revelations 22. Amen. Amen. That talked about the tree of life. 22 chapter 1. Chapter, chapter, sorry, chapter 22 verse 1. It says, And it shoot me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, Proceeding out of the throne of God, you see, and of the Lamb. Does it look like? Does it look like a movie? How many of us ever liked reading Revelation? <laughs> so it's only Kevin that likes reading Revelation. <laughs> okay, I know, I know you like reading Revelation. Revelation. Amen. Amen. I know most people don't like reading Revelation, and I don't know why. There's something about it. Sometimes God puts it as safety. One thing I know that deter people from there is that most people, let me ask, do you believe you can understand what is there? Is someone like, ah, what's in that book? What kind of that? Let's just leave it aside. Got it like that. But the thing is that you can understand it if you know why it's written and who it's written for. All those things they are showing there mostly are signs. And they're not the signs that they've told us they are. It's not about you see blood moon. How many blood moon have appeared? It's not about all those, it's not about that. There's all these things. Imagine you say they see. You see. Have you ever thought of what spiritual things look like ever, ever before, right? But these spiritual things are real. But let me quickly read this so that we can end. And then it says, and he showed me purely world of life. Say, putting out of the throne of God. So there's, 
declare you are possessed. Out of it. Can you, can you be picturing these things and see that this is real? But let's go further. Out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life. Now, this tree of life, you are saying that it is in the new, this is talking about a new heaven and a new earth. But this is about the new heaven. Because chapter 21 was not the one that, that talked about seeing a new heaven coming, descending out of God from heaven. Right? So because later in they're talking about particular particular aspect of that city. Right? In 21 verse 10 it says, And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and shoot me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Hey, Pastor Jeff was teaching about this. And it's made something that was quite, quite, that is, I feel is also important. When you read descending out of heaven from God, you know sometimes the picture is that it is coming out of heaven. But coming out of heaven is defending from defending out of descending out of heaven from God. They're not the same. Descending out of heaven from God means that this city came from inside God. Not something he created. It came from God. He didn't send it. He didn't throw it. It descended from him. Meaning that the same way this water they're telling us you to is flowing from him out. Because they said that it showed me a pure river of water of life. Clear as creator proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Water proceeding out of his throne. You see that there are things that can come out of God. So now this water is coming out of his throne. But there's something that actually came out of him. Is the city. So that city came Meaning that this heaven they are talking about, descending out of heaven from God, is an heaven inside of God. When you look at God, I was earlier that they have bastardized our concept of heaven, man. When you think of heaven today, the first thing you think of is where angels come from, right? But that's a that's a kind of heaven. God has different kind of heavens. Different kinds. Do you know that the earth has its own heaven? I mean, I must believe that. Okay. I don't have time, so I can't talk about it. But if you read the book of Revelations, sometimes is what helps us to see some things clearly is throwing away some blurry sense that we have when it comes to scripture. When I say blurry sense, in the sense that some mocky things, like we were raised with you know, some ideas. They were not bad because they give us some picture to picture God. But I'm saying now, now, that, but we have a responsibility as an adult now, growing spiritually, to read it, not with the sense of what we know, but of what it actually says, and try to make sense of it. Even maybe make sense of it with what we've been told, right? But at least, because somehow when you're reading scripture, sometimes the way you read it is blindly. What do I mean by that? Is you're not actually reading it. You are reading what you have been taught, not what is written. Right? So, for example, now, if you ever been taught that blind Bartholomew was sitting on a bench, you might be reading that part as you're reading it, and what you're imagining is sitting on a bench. 
and they may not even maybe that's not a good example, but something like that. For, have you ever have you ever read something before? Yeah. And when you read it, there's what you read. Yeah. And it made sense to you. Later I now read it like, oh wait, 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 oh, oh no, that's actually what was there. Oh, sorry, I misread it. Okay. Has, 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 that, has that ever happened? Yes. If that ever, I'm not saying you're a bad person that's ever happened. I'm just saying it happens. I want to tell you something. Do you know why it happens? Sometimes we have an assumption. The absorption can be readily available. That as we are reading it, we are, what we are actually reading is the assumption, not what is written. Yes, Sometimes it could be because we are hasty, maybe we are rushing, something happened, oh, quickly, then quickly, then something we are already thinking, we just read, we just read what we are thinking. We remove that sense, start reading the Bible. So when you now read the Genesis, there's something they said there. They said that the Lord created the heavens and the earth, right? First of all, he created the heavens and the earth. Then later, they said, okay, about moving waters. Then some, he moved to the firmament. He called heaven. Right? But that is not the heaven of heaven. They said God called it heaven. It means that we have an heaven on the earth. So there's earthly heaven. There's heavenly heaven. There's no heaven in God. The idea of heaven is not creation. The idea of heaven came from inside God. And they've been telling us in scripture about it. Why? Because Ephesians 1 tells us, blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. They didn't say it's in heaven. They said it is in Christ. Heavenly places in. In one person. Not, they said heavenly Places in ah, is, if you want, if you are saying that it's heaven, then you are saying that you are pissing Jesus in such a way that he has dif- like he has to be staying in different places for blessing to be there. But we all know that Jesus is higher than the heavens. That's what Scripture tells us in in Hebrews, right? Says, who is made higher than the heaven. So Jesus himself is higher than the present heaven, the present one, because there's a new one to come. He's higher than it. If Jesus is higher than the present heaven, then the, then the blessing they're talking about can't be about this present one. Right? So the blessing they're talking about is a blessing in Christ, which is a kind of blessing which is for your inheritance. Time has gone. Right, but what I was reading earlier is that in the in Revelation twenty-two, let me quickly read and go away. Two, in the in the midst of the tree of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare what twelve manner of fruit, and yielded a fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healings of the nations. Amen. So they're telling us that this tree of life has fruit. He bears, right? Which means that that fruit is for Adam to eat. What I'm seeing here is that the tree that God planted is different from the one you are seeing here in a way. It's, when I say different, means that it's... <sighs> okay. Let's assume it's the same. But it's different in a way. But... One thing is the characteristics of the tree is the same. They all bear fruit every season. But they bear 12. 
right? Twelve manners of fruit, which is was to eat. But what I'm trying to say is that that tree is actually a pattern of the world to come. It's from there that they gave a prototype. Oh, Adam, take this one, eat it. Right? So when he eat it, his end will be the same end in Revelations. Which is the seed. If Adam was able to eat of that tree, it would be like a tree planted by the river. But we know that this tree is in the new Jerusalem. This, this tree now is, is, uh, is flowing as a result of water flowing out. Funny enough, that tree is the water. If I say it's the water, it means that the tree grew out of the water. Because without that water, that tree can't grow. Meaning that that tree has a destiny. It's inside the throne. Now, I, there's a lot of things that I said today that I couldn't finish. That I did not finish the thought. I know I went to, uh, uh, you know you were helping us read that. And with Romans talked about, right? And I was explaining that, that I was moving from a sense of sin, right? That sin that might appear sinful, that's why they brought forth the law. Right? So you can be appear, appear sinful, right? Because sin was hiding somewhere. Men don't know it, so they need to bring it out. But the, I'll say this quickly because of time and then I'll round up. But the, see that law that God gave Israelite? There's one thing it's tied to. It's tied to the priestly ordinance, right? Because the law was given to the priest, right? So there's the priestly ordinance. That's what it's for. The priestly ordinance has a whole, all kinds of things in there that we don't know. The funny thing of the priestly ordinance is a, is a type of a priest that every child of God must become. You have a journey. You must become a priest. But a, not a priest that, okay, you just wear gown. There's what they call priest, scripturally. The best way to explain it is to show angels that are priests. Do you know that Satan is a priest? He's a heavenly priest. So the idea of priesthood came from God in a way. Right? It means that you can find priesthood in God somehow, right? So there's priesthood and there are ordinances around it. But the purpose of priesthood is to bring men closer to God. In those, in those days when there, was, when there was no Holy Ghost. Okay, now I'm back at Holy Ghost. I know that's where I jumped from, right? In those days, there was no Holy Ghost. So, they consecrated specific people because Holy Ghost has to come upon them. Now, nobody that is a priest in those days is without the Holy Ghost. That's what they, if you read scripture, you see clearly. For you to be a priest, you must have the spirit. You can't be a priest if you, are not, if you don't have spirit. So, I guess the idea I was also talking about earlier is you not know, we have denomination and different things. And then some said, okay, this is what we do here. This is what we do here. This is what we do here. It's because we don't know exactly, exactly God's intent and plan for believers. Every child of God, you have a destiny. It's not about the denomination of church you go to. It's not about the ideas in those denominations. It's about truth. What does truth mean? The real truth is, what is your destiny in God? What is your home? What is your path? If you don't think you have a portion in God, think again. You are not created to come live your life and go, no. You have a portion in God. If the end comes, 
right? And then, like I was saying, judgment comes, you will know you have not met the mark. I will know I have not cut, met the mark. Why? Because it will be glaring. That when God came, you know God has been coming to us in different ways. When God came to you, did you, take, did you receive him? You have, a, you have a destiny. And that's part of what I was going to say. Your destiny is not to go to heaven. This present one, that's not your destiny. Calls of pharma. You know the way most Christians think, let's just do good and go to heaven. Your destiny is not go to heaven. You know why? This heaven, they're about to roll it up. In short, it will, it will cease to exist in the time and season of judgment. It will be rolled away. Do, do we believe that? Okay, do you think, okay, where did you think this idea came from? It's not an idea. Okay, what do you think what I'm saying is coming from? It's Bible. It's scripture. Second, first, first Peter chapter, so is it Second Peter chapter 3. It says that. Say the element will melt. I know we all have a concept of the end. Jesus will come in the air, we all go, we'll fly. If you are thinking about flying, sorry. You, <laughs> you will realize that when it's time to fly, you don't have wings. Problem. There's something that will create wings. Is your portion and your journey, right? Your portion in God that you've come into. You have to grow as, as a child. Christianity is not boring. I've, I've given us different, different argument to talk about the reason why in our generation we must be conscious about our home. I feel partly it's most of the reasons why we may not give ourselves fully to God in some areas, right? See, everything you do is spiritual. Everything. If you are sitting down watching Netflix, you are doing something spiritual. I'm not saying Netflix is bad. Though. Wait, Netflix is actually bad. Just so you know. And I will say my own sentiment around that. Like I said, sentiment. It's because every money they have, they sponsor LGBT nonsense. In every of their movie, they embed it like nonsense. That's why I say it's bad. That's my, that's my reason. But watching a movie in itself is not what is bad. Right? Watching a movie in itself is not what is bad. It is more of... How, how, if they weigh what, what I give my life to easily and they weigh it, would they find God more there or other things? If other things, something is certain, you, 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 you and I, if they find other things there compared to God, you will be the same as the world. And the same judgment that is come upon, or coming upon the world will partake of the same. Funny, you may not go to hell, though. right? But the result of not finding God's thing in you will be more will be painful. Your joy is that you are not in hell or lake. But you, you, have you ever thought of, about that? You can be with God and still be crying. God, imagine you are around where God, God's dominion, but God is far and you are crying. Hey, and He's there and I can't see Him. That's how the end is. It's there in scripture. So they are saying that element will melt with fervent heat. Then Peter was telling us, seeing that all these things will be done away. Meaning that our Netflix will go. Our Prime will go. What else do we watch? Paramount will go. There's another word. There's Disney. 
Those are simple, simple ones, Abby. Apple TV will go. What else? Car will go. House will go. Everything will go. Everything will melt with fervent and heat. So saying that all this will be dissolved. It says, what manner of man ought ye to be? That's a question that every soul must answer. Is that, why should I give my life to God? Why should I? Is that without God, you are not, you, you, would, you, you will be empty. I will be empty without God. That's one. Why do I need the Holy Ghost? I, was, I, was, I must say this, then I end, please. Sorry, there's so many things. But I hope I have been able to paint a little bit, if not more, your home. Where the reason for, why should you be a Christian? This is why. It's not because you have a set of things to fulfill or you have somebody's conscience to appeal to, okay, let me do this so that they don't say I'm a bad child. It's not because it's a brainwashing that you were given when you were born, no. If you were, you don't know what it is for not to be even be born in a Christian home. If you are born in a Christian, you should give thanks to Jesus. Does not mean that, that, that you are safe because you still have to be born again. To be born again is not being born in a Christian home. The question you should ask yourself is this. Have I, have I believed in the Lord Jesus? Cow of fire. If you've not done that, you're not born again. Even though I'm a Christian. Well, sorry. I can't even call myself a Christian. Even though I've been born in a Christian home, in a religious setting, there came a point in your life, you must make, you must have, it's a conscious decision. Do I believe in the Lord Jesus? You know it's a different thing when they tell you, believe in Jesus, you are a child of, okay, we, this house, we believe in Jesus. Therefore, that's why everybody will follow. There's a difference between that and you personally. In your, it's a heart touch that will have to happen. Do I believe in Jesus? When you believe in your heart, and you just you give your life, what will just happen is that you begin a new relationship. And then they will give you the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it is, like I was saying, for prayer, why it helps us is that when you have the gift of the Spirit, not gift of the, sorry, when you have the baptism of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, what happens is that, I was explaining the city, like you have a country, small country, you only, if you don't have that, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you only have access to like a tiny part out of all the world. You have a tiny access to a, part, a portion. What Holy Ghost does is it exp expands your reach in the world of God. Meaning that the things, you realize that they don't teach, they don't, the spiritual knowledge don't come without thorns and interpretation or prophecy. That's the word, prophecy. Right? Tongue means a language. There's a, there's a language that heaven has to speak to your own soul. Like every... If you have, there's a way, there's a language your soul understands. They can, they can give you that tongue, spiritually. When I say a spiritual tongue to communicate your language to you. Or to communicate God to you in your language. That is why baptism of the spirit is important, right? So it helps our, our reach. But that's that, but I'll just mention that, right? As passing, but I was saying, why we should pray in this season? Because in this season, they're telling us about our home. The, the teaching has been around heaven. They are now talking about things pertaining to new heaven. New, we are now seeing that, oh wow, heaven. Wow. There's so much about heaven. There's so much about heaven. And we are saying that we are actually separate. You know, we, we assume we know God. God is, God is separate, man. God is far. Sometimes what we know is Holy Ghost. If we even don't know Holy Ghost, we're not even knowing, we're not even, we don't even know much. 
As a child of God, when you start growing in the spirit, what you know first is Holy, Holy Ghost. But we know Holy Ghost is God in a way, but it's saying that the portion given is it's like a, his baby. You know, for example, you know that when you have, it's, sorry, I'm, I don't want to mess up our mind in a way. It's not messing up, I'm just trying to explain something. You know, Holy Ghost, imagine God turning into a baby in someone. Right? So you can have Holy Ghost baby. See, the Holy Ghost inside of you, the God inside of you is like a baby, which needs to grow to a man. Just like you and I grow. And the sense I can quickly give to explain that is this. If he gives you all of him at once, we'll die. That's just the, that's just the simple explanation. We'll just die. Why? You can't take all of God at once. So he come to you small. Then it can, that small can now grow. That is the process. That, see, that, see that growing is a discovery of life in the spirit. That is your life. That's my life. If as a Christian we're not growing spiritually, we'll be suffering. We won't even know God. We'll, all these things I've talked about, sin and problem, we won't even have an answer to it. I should be have described what the problem we have in the world. I mean, the answer is knowledge. Now, they're telling you, first of all, you must know, because that knowledge is tied to your home. It's the knowledge of your home that they're talking, t- telling you, growing you, making you better. And then, the knowledge of your home will teach you, because your home is God. Is that knowledge will teach you God. But you should be, anything that has to do with heavenly conversation talks about God. The thing is, we can't talk about God finishing one day. May I know that, I just, sorry, I just have to say all these things because the truth of the matter is that if I don't say it now, I don't know when next I will say it. Next meeting, next meeting, I may not even say it. Right? Last time we were here, we were, we were, there was, I, I feel bad because the last meeting we had, I didn't get to say what the most of the things. I just quickly said it around the way because at least I have to say small. But I just know. But the thing is that now, it's today, it's not the same thing they asked us to, to say. We're even in the season of prayer. right? But I just feel I have to say this because I feel somebody needed to hear it. right? You know, and it's also recorded. Right? You don't even know who will listen to it in the future. Amen. So I want us to just see that. I hope by now we just see clearly a clearer picture. If, if, if it's not too clear, at least some clarity regarding Christianity and the purpose of man being, what, what is the, what's the destiny of every man? Mm-hmm. Is to get to a home. And the Lord is the one that will build that home in you and I. The only way he can do that, right, is that he comes to us in fellowships. Like what the Lord was saying to us this morning, that he's going to, when he said, I'm going to build my home in you. Do you, first of all, do you believe God that you can be a home for him? Do you believe him? If you don't believe him, I hope all these things that have been said can at least help convince our heart to believe that I can be God's home. Are we blessed today? Sorry, we have taken our time a bit. Can we just begin to bless the name of the Lord this afternoon? Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Can we begin to pray that for if that I, I know part of the, the the movement in the spirit in my heart that I'm perceiving here is some kind of interest, gravitation towards God in a way. Can we begin to pray that heaven would help increase our fire for God? Help increase our desire that. We would desire God much more. That the conversation of our home will be 
made comfortable, will be made comfortable with such conversations that anything that has to do with that will not be too far from us that we would find desires in our hearts towards our home, towards the knowledge of God. Can we just begin to pray? Mahalavara Mishifereminata. Sempra Helevereninosha Kariara Bada Bezveneta Kariata Bashtafarima. Zenemetova. Emprari Kahosa Feria Hilaman and Hasa. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for your mercy and your kindness. Thank you for helping us to, to speak concerning uh, your, your, your person, concerning your world today. We say we are exalted in Jesus' name. But as we go, we ask, Lord, that the interest of that which you've spoken to our heart will grow in the name of Jesus. That our hearts will begin to find fresh desires concerning the conversation around our home, which is you, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. You Amen. Between the cherubim shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim shine forth. You dwell between.